0: Yes, and what do you do? I walk in eternity. What's that supposed to mean? It's just a question of time. No, no more. We're on the edge of a time-space vortex, and you're talking in minutes. Oh, I see. Watch an hour out of your life. I shall not take no for an answer. You know, I really think you might. Here comes the drone! So here it comes, the sun. Hello, welcome to Poulter Open, an ongoing quest to watch all of Doctor Who in random order. I'm Pete Paschal, and
1: I'm Chris Taylor, and we're a couple of guys and journalists written about Doctor Who, and who apparently are gluttons for punishment and love to watch every single episode
0: of this show. And every uh, in, every single one in random order. In uh random and order. I'm even more some, some weeks more random than others. This, one, <laughs> this is this a pretty random like, week. Yeah. Uh,
1: although yeah. It, it has uh strong connections to other stories that we've been to with the randomizers. That's interesting. But before we get to Tara, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about the news that dropped this week. Uh, big news in the world of Doctor Who. Jody Whittaker is leaving chris chernall is leaving there will be a new doctor there will be a new showrunner there'll be a new era uh pete what was your immediate reaction to this news uh
0: my immediate reaction was sort of wistful like oh yeah i mean kind of too bad not in the sense that they're leaving and i don't know that sounds kind of mean and i don't quite mean it that way but it's it's a little bit like i feel like whether it was true what Chris Chibnall said that they basically set a pact to do three years and then did it or not, I, I do feel like we people want to sort of turn a chapter, not necessarily on Whitaker and then the, you know, the the new sort of female doctor idea, but mm. it's like eh, it's not really feeling. It. We're not really feeling it, and I think we we made those sort of observations over the course of series twelve when we were commenting about it. And yeah. it's like, you know, we kind of were rooting for it and we're not, we, we kind of don't want to reject it because it is kind of supposedly doing, it's it's sort of a bold new era in a lot of ways. It's like, I mean, the writing's not quite there and yeah. so it's like,
1: okay. It's it just felt like eating our vegetables for a while yeah, uh, with a few exceptions. You know, I'm actually more excited about the Timeless Children reveal since it happened just because the possibilities it opens up. So, Oh, interesting. You know, I, I feel like I have less of a negative response to that season and maybe the first two seasons are going to look better on rewatching. Um, that's, that's happened before. It's entirely possible once she's no longer the doctor, I think there'll be a certain nostalgia about it. And uh you know, we, we know that old doctors have to marinate um, mm-hmm. like, like a Absolutely. fine wine. Like,
0: you know, uh, I would say Colin Baker needs, Probably another couple a of decades of before his vintage uh, <laughs> peaks, you know. But yeah, yeah. Put put him back in the cellar. Um, he's made up for it with a lot of big finish, though. I'll, he, I'll give him he that. He
1: has. God, God bless you, Colin Blake. You're, you're a great interviewer as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird that we're getting this information before we're getting the new season, uh, the new all-in-one, you know, one-story season. Uh, yeah. which may or may not redeem their whole run, but it definitely ups the ante on uh, what this season means yeah. to us as Doctor Who fans. Like, this this is it's make or break time, folks.
0: Well, when, when I heard the news, and not just the news about it, but also, like, how they're going to do it, which is to say another season and a few more specials, and that's it, it made mm. me think again about and, and I know the comparison isn't really valid because one's monstrous and one one's not less so, but like the, the Marvel cinematic universe. Right. And sort of like how mm. um, not just interwoven those things are, but just the the sheer sort of gluttony you have of all these shows and movies coming at you from various different places. And, uh, you know, you kind of like start to long for the days of the Sarah Jane adventures in Torchwood. When yeah. Dr. Who sort of, sh- sort of started to show signs of that. and, and I, when you when I look back at sort of the what I would argue is a paltry amount of episodes that Whitaker has left, mm-hmm. um, it's a little like, well, I mean, can we can we do something about that? Can we can we get a, the show coming at us a little more regularly with uh, just a little more hours of television, or at least expand the franchise in some other ways? Um, yeah, there, there and, was
1: definitely a golden yeah. era where Doctor Who had a lot of spinoffs, and I hear you that, that I kind of want that back. Um, the, the richness of different kinds of different flavors of doctor who on the screen. Cause so we only have one flavor and we have precious little of it yeah. at the moment. Did you, uh, did you yeah. hear
0: some, some sort of off the wall ideas that people were putting forward with regard to the next doctor and how they could not necessarily like do a ton more of uh, episodes, but do, do something more creative. And this is, this is sort of a variation of things that people have asked before previously, but mm. the whole idea of doing like, well, let's bring David Tennant back. And Once. show <laughs> his adventures in the other universe Ooh, with Rose yeah. and well, maybe he comes to this universe and maybe he's with Rose or maybe he isn't. I mean, he could write around it in any way, but the idea of like, okay, maybe, you know, from a franchise perspective, it kind of makes sense because it might be like, okay, maybe the, for whatever reason, you know, valid or not, or, or whatever it is, like maybe we didn't, Whitaker was, didn't resonate as well. And let's bring, like let's bring back the sure thing, right Let's play the hits, yeah like bring back the people. And so it's like, well, how do you do that? Well you could you could you could bring back that other doctor.
1: That, that's a great idea. I love that as a spin-off. Uh, I think you know the other doctor let's, let's put mm-hmm. that as a working title on it. Um, I think also another spin-off I'd love to see is Dr. Ruth. <laughs> uh, maybe call it The Timeless Child or something like oh,
0: that. Oh, of course, Ruth, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not, that.
1: Not that Dr. Ruth. Uh, no. <laughs> the Sex Doctor. That's a whole different spin-off. Um,
0: It'd be funny if they yeah, met each good. other, though. That'd be a hell of a episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is the crossover waiting to happen. But yeah, I'd love to see more of her adventures, and I think that would help increase the sort of, you know, we, we have this desire for diversity in who plays the doctor but like what if they choose another white male i think that's going to be a problem in some quarters so i think the simultaneous presence of dr ruth on our screens would investigate you know that whole you know backstory of the doctor and provide us with multiple doctors like why should we just have one doctor on our screen at the same time Mm -hmm. yeah That's, that's not a thing that the show has to be bound by
0: Yeah, exactly. And you could even do, uh, as many people have called for as well, like, let's finally give uh, Paul McGann his due and at least get, like, a season or two. And that could be, uh, you know, you don't want, the thing is, like, as a franchise, you don't want to oversaturate your audience. But at the same time, like, given how spaced out the seasons are now, I mean, I'm sure you could figure it out if you you funded it. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, you mentioned Marvel earlier, and I've I have just been watching uh, the the screeners in advance of the the first three episodes of What If, which oh, yeah. is the new animated show. shows to you-, you,
0: yeah, guy in the media really? getting to see it before everyone else. Although when, yeah. when does it come out? Well, that when this when we post Wednesday. this, I don't know if it'll. Uh...
1: It yeah, it starts on Wednesday, so I'm sure by, by the time uh, this is actually, people are actually listening to this, they, they may have an episode or two of, of What If, which I really hope they do, because episode two is fantastic. Right. Uh, and it is no secret, I think, it's not a spoiler to say that, that this is Chadwick Boseman's last recorded role. Right. Um, yeah. So it's really affecting in that regard. Anyway... It, it put me in mind of the fact that this is something Doctor Who could do. And like, you know, the, the what ifs of Doctor Who would be a fantastic series.
0: I invite the creators of Doctor Who to, one, listen to this podcast. But also, <laughs> if you want to just fast forward to the end of every pod we do where we talk about <laughs> what if the evil plot had succeeded, I think yes. there you go. You, you have your whole... Like you've got, got a whole Doctor Who What If series right there, so feel free to steal our ideas, guys. Yes, you're,
1: you're absolutely right. Um, I think uh, we should uh, we should tap our good friend uh, Alyssa Stern, who does uh, Doctor Puppet. Oh wow! This is you know this is the animated spin-off spin-off uh, starring Doctor Puppet: The Return of Doctor Puppet.
0: I love it. Uh, I love it. Made. It'll be like uh, uh, what was the the what were those stop motion thing? The Wallace and Gromit? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, thrown together for uh, for our little alternate universes.
1: Absolutely, I mean we know Doctor Who exists well in the animated medium because that's been cool. a you know a necessity as the mother of invention kind of situation where you know we have all these uh, missing episodes. We just had the audio, so we've we've gotten used to seeing the Doctor in animated form. Hmm. Um, and there's been
0: a few I'd even more originals like um, the Infinite Quest, uh, mm-hmm. and there's been a couple others, and there were like a couple of web. Uh, I think they called them motion comics. That could have been like I don't yeah, know, back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I know when, when, yeah. yeah, pre-streaming.
1: I will um, say one one more thing about What If the the animation style is so cool that I think that this is going to uh, be in the vanguard of a whole new uh, version of animation where you just you get the original people back because it is mostly original Marvel actors uh, reprising their roles. All and right. just have this super realistic animation laid over them. And it could be a very cheap way to do a quick season of Doctor Who and do exactly what you're talking about. You know, put more Doctor Who on our screens.
0: Nice. All right. Let's, uh, yeah. yeah, let's uh, oh, Let's start up our Marvel podcast too, where we can comment <laughs> about that. Um, but good stuff. Yeah, it so there'll be, be a new Doctor. Learn. There's going to be a lot of speculation. There's always going to be a lot of chatter about it. Um, and we'll, we'll keep talking about it here. Uh, we'll also be... Yeah. A- We'll keep talking also on the socials, including TikTok, uh, where we have our uh, biggest audience, which has been uh, well over 1,000 for a while, but like, we want to get it up to 10,000 now. That's the new goal, guys. Wow. So uh, keep sharing. Keep doing, uh, checking out the videos. And we'll keep posting them. Um, I will say uh, the last, most recent um, series of videos we did was from the Crotons. Mm-hmm. And while I think... The 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 ability to, of that episode to resonate with our audience was perhaps <laughs> not great. I will. Yep. It, it's been very clear to me that what does resonate is Patrick Troughton. So oh, the uh, more yeah. we talk about him, uh, the more people respond, and rightly so. I will say
1: yes, and and Patrick Troughton, I, I think, always a, a good doctor to keep in mind when considering a new doctor. You know who you want your new doctor to be, you know, someone infused with the spirit of Trouton, you know, of whatever gender, uh, you know, whatever background. I think that sort of impish, you know, the the uh, cosmic hobo Mm. aspect of Trouton is something that a lot of people, a lot of actors have, and and that's that's the spark that you're looking for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you had one of the the wiser comments which we we ended up putting in the tiktok which was uh the he's the, the he's the doctor is the friend you didn't know you wanted and <laughs> really through that that idea he he set a template that you know everyone you know everyone's done their variations on but is was was kind of the guy who invented how to play the doctor for yeah everyone that followed him so you know hats off to him whether it's a stovepipe or not
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> I I was just thinking of that ridiculous hat. Anyway, uh speaking of favorite doctors, we this week will once again we uh, we are in the Tom Baker era. Indeed. Getting uh, late in his era. Not too late, but sort of in the middle, I guess middle of the run. Yeah, but yeah he's middle middle aged <laughs> Baker. Middle aged, screw this, I'm going fishing, Tom
0: Baker. Um Yeah. So it's, it's as I uh, as I alluded to earlier, the it's a little extra random this week because not only did we obviously come to a, a regular random episode, but it's right in the middle of the key to time saga. <laughs> so as most people know, uh, what was season? Was it was it season 18 or something like that? Let me check. Yeah, it's like the season 16. Sorry, was the key to time. And mm-hmm. every it was one of the it was a really bold thing at the time, right? Like they decided, OK, we're going to do every episode is going to be um sort of self-contained but they're all going to have this arc plot in the background which is the doctor has to gather up all these different segments from the key to time at various places in time and space to assemble some big cosmic cube like literally a cosmic cube yeah that can do uh with apologies to marvel that can do anything <laughs> uh essentially this can stop time i don't know it's like the you know it's essentially the affinity gauntlet in cube form i guess is yes it is. and the
1: black the black guardian is thanos
0: Right, right. Yeah, so that that's what they did, and one of the cool things they did, I guess, decided was that okay, there's no old monsters, right? Like, no Daleks or Cybermen or whatever, or Ice Warriors. Like, this is all going to be original adventures on new, mostly new planets or with new people. Um, and in this episode, the Doctor lands on a planet called Tara, uh, which Indeed. apparently is populated by both humans, or at least human-like people, uh, and androids. Indeed,
1: Uh, which plot reveal brings us to the moment I'm dreading. (laughs) We like to call TLDW. Too Uh, long, Doctor Who. Too long, Doctor Who. Uh,
0: TL semicolon DW. Um,
1: This is where
0: one of us summarizes (laughs) the plot in a set amount of time. Probably, (laughs) I I don't know if we're too generous or... Mm it's it's not enough time it really depends on the episode and how we're doing uh, but yeah this is I believe it is your turn Chris I think yes you you're you're right on the money um,
1: with uh, the, the fact that I'm trying to procrastinate here uh, shows you that i'm I'm terrified and I think that we are right on the money with uh, the amount of time that we give for this okay so it's two minutes
0: right because you get you get 30 seconds per episode yep. or per per half hour episode mm-hmm. and uh, you know. For, for, for later ones, we, we adjust as such. Um, so we got two minutes on the clock. Are you ready, Chris, to summarize yep. the androids of Tara?
1: I've been Are... practicing this one in my head, but now it's completely gone. So never mind. Well, I'll you do better it right.
0: get it back in your head as <clears throat> of right now.
1: Okay. So the Doctor and Romana land on the planet of Tara, where the fourth bit of the key to time is. The Doctor says, screw this, I'm going fishing. Uh, Romana goes and gets the fourth segment of the key to time, which is part of a statue. Uh, so that's easy. But she also gets attacked by the Tara Beast, uh, and uh, Count Grendel comes along, who's this uh, roguish kind of guy who owns the land that they're on. He basically kidnaps her, takes her back to his castle, and uh, it turns out that she looks exactly like this Taran princess. And they think she's an android, they try to take her apart, but instead they actually uh, kidnap her so that they can... Make another android based on it? It's not entirely clear. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, the Doctor meets uh, the Prince Reynard, who's going to be king, but he can't be crowned. He has difficulty being crowned because Count Griddle opposes his coronation. And uh, so the Doctor suggests, hey, let's use this android that you guys all seem to have. Here's an android version of you. We'll crown him, and they One do minute. that. Um, and then during the coronation, a android version of the princess that Romano looks like comes in, and uh, pledges her fealty, but the Doctor stabs it, and it turns out, oh no, it was an android sent to assassinate the king. Uh, various shenanigans go on. The, the Doctor uh, helps free Romana with some, some shady there's some shady dealing going on with the Count who uh, lures the Doctor to a shack with the promise of freeing Romana, and then K nine gets involved and uh, shoots 30. stuff up, and the Doctor escapes, and then there's this grand finale in uh, the uh, Count Grendel's castle, uh, Castle Gracht, um, where there's some sword fighting and uh, a canine and the doctor sneak in underground in a, in a boat, and then the, the doctor sword fights. Uh, Count Grendel wins, throws him over the battlements, and uh, the doctor and Romana uh, leave. And canine is spinning around in a boat right at the end, and we don't actually see him being Hi.
0: They've got time. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. They're like That's right cool. on. Thanks. Nice, joke. Nice work. Nice work. Whew. I like. Oh. I like how you basically summarized episode three and four like shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> accurate, I think. Accurate, one hundred percent accurate. That's a, a, probably a, a good descriptor for the whole thing. It's shenanigans, and uh, honestly, delightful and super fun shenanigans. I found. Uh, I thought this was a <laughs> this is a very fun, fun story. Uh, a lot of humor. Um, it's pretty apparent. Like I think the cast is having a great, a grand old time. They really Um, are. yeah. With memorable characters. And, uh, yeah, yeah, this is, this was, uh, this is a fine, whether or not like it's part of key, the key to time saga is I think irrelevant, you know, like it's, it's kind of too, it's almost a little bit of a missed opportunity, but I would say having seen the whole thing years and years and years <laughs> ago, I, I, I feel like at this point, if you're watching it in sequence, you kind of want to break, you know, from from it, mm. and this this provides exactly that. Like in terms of pacing the season, and again, we're we're, we're doing this randomly, so we're just appreciating it for what it is. But I, I'm, it, as you're watching through it, I think it, it paces the whole Sega really well.
1: Well, let's let's talk about what the randomizer has done here, because uh, mm. I, I think it's it's definitely increasing the randomizer as sentient theory uh, to to massive levels because it it triggered. Uh, memories and connections to a lot of the things we've seen, most especially uh, the King's Demons.
0: Ah, right? yes. Medieval Makes setting,
1: sense. android. Um, but also the censorites, the fact that the, the reason, you know, in one line we get this line about a plague killed 90% of the population of Tara. Right. And that's why they have all these androids hanging around, which is kind of similar to the, the throwaway line in the right, So it's like, oh, yeah, this plague last year killed 30% of our population or whatever. And watching these things post-COVID, you kind of sit up at both of those lines mm-hmm. and go, wait, what? That is a huge amount of death. And it's it kind of makes it darker, right? Even though, yes, this is a laugh out loud kind of fun romp that never quite tips over the line into parody, but walks mm-hmm. right up to it. Um, yeah, but well at the like, same time, there's this darkness in the background yeah. of it. Maybe yeah, this they, is why they're all
0: medieval assholes. Well, that's that's exactly where I was going, where it's like, you kind of like, get the sense, I mean, th- I, that's never said, and you could really easily do a uh, an explanation where they're just aliens, but it seems like this is like some distant human colony that's somehow gone back to monarchies and feudalism and and whatever which kind of makes no sense but well you know go with it for the story but i mean how would that happen right well if there's like a catastrophe of some kind and then they sort of end up deciding okay well let you know i don't know some weirdo takes over and and establishes this that would make more sense i feel like the the sort of quote-unquote ancient traditions that they have like they should have doctor who's always bad at this that's sort of Picking the scale of things, you know, whether it's millions of years versus billions, and in this case, they say like a couple of centuries mm. since uh, the plague. Like I, I think they should have they should have gone longer, and then that, yeah. that sort of would be a more of a catch all explanation for all of this.
1: Well, the interesting reason that Tara's society and technology seems to be frozen, despite the fact that they have advanced technology, is uh, the fact that the nobles don't sully their hands with android repair. Right. Or science in any way, shape, or form. Science and engineering are peasant activities.
0: Yeah, it's weird. They depend on it, but they don't hold it in high regard. Um, mm. Maybe I maybe I'm misstating that. Maybe they don't really depend on it. They're just kind of using um, this stuff for their soldiers and you know the androids. I mean, they're they're really mostly used here to fool people and subterfuge. You don't really see them doing remarkable Android-y things, which I'm not sure if it was a missed opportunity, but it's like they're mostly just impersonators. Uh, yes. And you don't see, like, your everyday Android labor bot, and you don't see them ever doing incredible feats of strength or running fast, you know, doing Bionic Man-type stuff either. Um,
1: yeah, and that's that's the reason why I'm glad that the randomizer uh, showed us Planet of Fire first, because, again, that was felt like Doctor Who's next attempt to have... And to show androids or what androids could do, there's this fascination in the seventies and eighties with having a C three PO like figure. But for some reason, the show can never attain that. It just mm-hmm. it fails every time. Chameleon failed, you know. We talked about that a lot of the time, and and the attempts to have androids here kind of fail. Although there are a few fun moments, like the the Prince Raynard android, which the Doctor amusingly takes to calling George. <laughs> um, which by the way, puts me in mind of, doesn't he call Romana Fred when he first meets her? That's correct. Yeah. He's, your, your name's too long. i call you Fred. So this is the season where the doctor is in full DGAF mode. He just. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is nicknaming everybody. You he's see, like yeah, uh, everyone, the guy everyone on last. What's his name? Sawyer.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're, you're jo- but even less creative than that. And he's like, this is the season where the doctor's on strike. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. screw this. I'm going fishing. He's like, you're, you're called Fred, you're called George, I don't care anymore, I'm just trying trying to be on holiday, I guess this is an interesting quest, whatever, uh, don't burn my scarf off, please.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I guess he's kind of resentful for being, like, you know, pushed along by the White Guardian, and he's basically a puppet on a string, yeah, uh, or, or, or an errand boy, almost, to go get the segments for this guy, and he's trying, you know as best he can through his personality to assert more control. And I guess that's probably coming out here.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting that of course the, the season ends spoiler alert with the doctor installing the randomizer. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so it, I, I think that that's not just, you know, the, the stated purpose is to keep himself out of the hands of the black guardian, right? If he doesn't know where he's going next, but also the doctor delights this doctor, especially in not knowing where he's going next. And this whole quest mm-hmm. of actually knowing where you're going next—oh, like next step, go to Tara, pick up fourth piece of key. He's like, he's so inherently yeah. against that, and I don't know if that's—it's—it's it's partly the script, but it's also partly Tom Baker, who is just at this stage is like, I'm the Doctor, I'm enjoying being the Doctor, I'm going full Doctor and everything, but also, I do not give a flying fart about anything. At this moment, so it's which is the the best Tom Baker, I believe he's he's fantastic in this. Uh, yeah, and, and he's great. And doesn't throughout. even like every other doctor, I think would would be more flamboyant when when doing swordplay. And we have we saw swordplay in the King's Demons. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen Pertwee's swordplay yet, but you know we we know he can do it. We all remember uh, Peter Cavaldi with his spoon. Um, you know, like swordplay is a big thing in Doctor Who, and and, and the. The duel that we get with Count Grendel in this is just—it's kind of weird. It's very Tom Baker-ish because he's just sort of like, oh, "Oh, oh, facing the wrong way." Ooh, yeah. Um, and he's like, "Hey, I have your sword
0: back. I don't care." Um. Yeah, and there's a <laughs> lot of it. There's—it's a long sword sequence. Um, I mean, it doesn't feel long. It's—it's—it's it's, it's quite good. But I remember I, I was—you know—now that it, you know this is how old now? It was seventy. Six? 78. 78. So yeah. we're looking at 40 years or roughly of of improvements in budget and, and special effects and then action mm-hmm. sequences. So I, I sort of couldn't help but watch it knowing that I could tell like Tom Baker was like, okay, don't poke my eye out with that dude. You got the map. <laughs> you got the helmet. <laughs> like he's, he's kind of like a little bit tentative. And because uh, they're, you know, obviously they're, they're using. Fencing rapiers, but I mean, those can those they can are. take your eye out. There's a reason people wear seriously wear wear masks while you're while you're fencing.
1: There's um, a lot of things in this episode that, like health and safety, would shut that down now. Like yeah. you can do that. <laughs> like Baker gets so close to the fire in the special effect where K9 mm-hmm. is 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 creating a hole out of the back of the the Summer Palace thing, so he can escape Count Grendel's stormtroopers. Well, it looks uh, like
0: like his actual hat was. When, in that first scene where the guy hits the the electric sword on his hat and it sort of there's a little flame burst like that was yeah. real to some extent yeah. I mean so yeah they were they were they were hardcore man. You can see him talking to Matt Smith on the set of day of the doctor like dude, my day you know we didn't have stunt doubles. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put on that mummy costume bro. But they oh. did
1: have a stunt double for Mary Tam riding that horse.
0: Apparently, yeah. Well, I saw that one. I, that was so easy to see. Um, well, it was when she was riding and when she was kidnapped, right? There's two sequences. Mm. And I guess it was a stunt mm. double both times. Right. So the riding she, isn't as obvious. But the, She the, wouldn't get the on the horse. Him. Yeah. Speaking
1: of helmets, because she she was actually a, a good horse rider, but didn't feel like she could do it without a helmet. Yeah. Makes yeah. a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, well so, good for her, right?
1: You know? I know, right. So Baker both Baker and Tam should have been given helmets for the androids of Tara. And it's a crying shame that they wouldn't. And they'd write that into the script these days for health and safety reasons.
0: I guess so. Speaking of Romana, one of the reasons this episode's remembered often is like is her outfit. Mm. Um which, which she made herself. Yeah, and she gets in the TARDIS's alphabetized uh wardrobe. <laughs> Before uh, right after checking out what she would wear at Tahiti, and uh, I that guess was we've... such
1: a sexist moment. That was so seventies.
0: Yeah, well, at it least like... she didn't wear it, right? Like, at yes. least there wasn't a. But uh, yeah, a little, little. Uh, it's a grass gre-
1: skirt. It's a grass skirt. It would be super revealing. It's it's weird that that sex is kind of in just a little bit in the background and a lot of points in here. Mm-hmm. Like that, we we haven't mentioned um, Count Grendel's peasant lady friend who mm-hmm. I forget her name, but she's the scientist slash engineer.
0: Right. Madame, uh, uh Madame something or other, Madame um, something or other. Lamia. Lamia. <laughs> or yes. Lamia. Is it Lamia or Lamia? Uh, La- Wanna, Lamia. Let's go with Lamia. Cause Lamia, let's not go there. <laughs> she's not. Yes. She's, she's not, not, not deserving of that title. Indeed.
1: Uh, but it's, it's quite, she's quite a tragic figure, isn't she? Mm. Um, Carrying a torch for Grendel, which
0: is like, What are you doing? Yeah. And well, she yes. explains it. I mean, I honestly like she she's more fleshed out than a lot of bad guy henchmen get, where she's kinda like, Yeah, this this guy's evil and this sucks, but I mean it's better yes. than the alternative, you know? And, and there's
1: there's this line. That's, you know, so sad. Speaking of fleshed out, uh there's this line where Count Grendel said that he showed her a certain courtesy. All right. Which, <laughs> it, you know, the closest you get to actually talking about sex in the old classic Doctor Who. Uh, But that's interesting. It's also quite modern in... um, So here are two things that the androids of Tara does. It passes the Bechdel test, and it passes the Turing test. Why don't we
0: start (laughs) with the second one? (laughs) Just so Uh, I
1: can Yeah, I was bringing the Bechdel test... Because, it, you know, it relates to uh, Madame uh, Lamia, uh, because that, that's where it passes it, right? She and Romana talk science. They hmm. talk about stuff that is not a man, uh, which is so so rare in classic Doctor Who, uh, especially around this time. Uh, but then the Turing test, yes, it's, uh, you know, George, the the version of uh, Prince Reinhardt. Um, the, the doctor actually puts him through his paces to see if he'd tell.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he does pretty well. Well, yeah. And it, it's, it's implied he only does well because the doctor programs him. And so, yes, um, that's fine. Uh, and it's, I, I kind of started to wonder like what sort of battery technology <laughs> has. Cause apparently these androids only last a few hours. Um, but yeah, like the Androids themselves, I mean, they're like, like I say, they're utilized in pretty much a singular way, um, and I think for the time, it's it's fairly clever. Uh, sort of like with uh, the first, you sort of really start to get the sense of like you can't tell who's who, and that's sort of going to be part of the story right at the end of episode. Uh, is it episode one or two? No, it's two. When the the Strela robot comes yeah. to uh, pay homage to 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 the android Rainart. That's and the, the princess who looks like Romana. The one time where it actually gets almost like, like it probably like goes, might even step over a little bit. And this is not the fault of the script of the line of parody uh, or even self parody is uh, when Grendel throws his spear through the Raynard robot. And mm. that that's really more of a special effects thing than anything else, because it just looks so bad like it's so clearly it becomes, like it, suddenly yeah. it was a mannequin and like it's it it looked like bad that well not bad SNL but an snl sketch you know where suddenly <laughs> the guy's like it's it's you know we're all kind of supposed to believe it but it was a little like okay yeah this is one this is one zone where it didn't it, it the 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 idea you kind of just have to you know put blinders on your eyes and go with yeah it, which is not a, certainly a common experience it, it in hasn't
1: uh it hasn't aged well, but I also uh, forgive Doctor Who for this because they. I, I always remember the original cut of Alien, uh, where the uh, the John Hurt was it John Hurt gets his, his head sliced off at some point. Is that John Hurt or Ian Holm? I, I can never remember which one. Uh, I think
0: it's it's Ian Holm. The, yes, yeah, Andy. John Hurt's the one who who yeah he he was had the thing jump out of him in the beginning.
1: And there's just a really bad overlap where it goes from the mannequin of the head to. In her right. head, on yeah. the screen, and you're supposed to just sort of not notice it. Sort of so maybe it. audiences in those days, you know, I, th- I think they were just more forgiving for this sort of stuff.
0: No, agreed.
1: Uh, agreed. And uh, the special effects, in general, <laughs> I have to say, the the knights are basically stormtroopers, mm-hmm. uh, and are even worse shots. <laughs> uh, they're just constantly missing. There's so one scene.
0: Much. I think it's Romana's first escape scene, where yes. she gets on the horse, and there's like this <laughs> one dude with the crossbow in her way, and he goes, he he gets out of the way, like he he waits a while for her to get like a decent like 30, twenty thirty feet away before he's yep. like thinks I, maybe I maybe I should shoot at her. I guess I mean it's my job. Well, we yeah. have to, you know, I mean that this is
1: proper union procedure. Uh, mm-hmm. To you know, spend at least twenty seconds making sure you have the the perfect stance, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. you don't don't want to uh, risk your health and safety. Um, we we should mention, speaking of unions, the reason why I brought that up, uh, which is that the Android Zotara on paper looks like a hugely popular serial because it went from like six point five million viewers for the first episode to about ten for the second. Very nice. Sure Until you realise that there was a a a strike on the uh, other main channel in the UK, ITV, Uh, there was no ITV Uh, the week that was on. People had no choice but to watch the BBC. Back in those days of three channels, three terrestrial channels. That's a hell of an Um, asterisk uh,
0: (laughs) beside that uh, that rating figure. Interesting. Yeah, you
1: you thought it was. You know Peter Jeffrey's fantastic portrayal of Count Grendel, but no.
0: It's well, it should have been because I should. I have can't. Been. I can't say enough about that guy. Like he, like in terms of like Doctor Who villains, I mean, oh, he's great. There's. I don't think there's. It's hard to think of one as so straight up evil and, and diabolical, and he's just relishing it throughout. And I, I really liked, like, if you if you were just walking into this for the first time um I actually really liked how he just sort of unmasks himself right off the bat like as soon as Romana mm-hmm. is like on the on the bed there or this is like I guess it's the medical thingy and they, they have her yeah. Back uh, in the captive he's just all right let's start cutting off her limbs uh you know <laughs> like well, how are we gonna let's do something with this stone she had or whatever and like it's kind of like okay right, we're going
1: that line across her neck and she gets a proper electric knife which i think is actually an electric knife <laughs> again not a lot of health and safety on these on these uh on these sets because that knife gets dangerously close to mary tam's throat um but yeah it's he's a wonderful film is is his does he have a little bit of an extra nose thing going on just to make him look more
0: I, no like no I apparently that's that's his real that's his real nose um as that far as i can tell uh, it was a lot <laughs> and I, I There was actually a little bit on the commentary where someone once he, he was saying to I think Mary Tam like um, someone had one not Mary Tam but someone had once asked him um, wh- why don't you get that wart removed on your nose and he was like mm. are you crazy <laughs> like I, I'd never work again <laughs> <Excuse> <laughs> you know this it's, it's the- like it's his own character like that nose is is like you know I'm sure that God had a lot of parts uh, including this one.
1: Hmm. Um, it really is one of the most medieval things about this story is is the wart in the nose. Uh, no, he's, he's fantastic. You absolutely love to hate him. I, I put him in a class with with Stallman, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the villain from Inferno who we loved. Uh, definitely has that same sense of being 100% a villain and just loving it, just reveling in his own privilege and egotism and... Uh, you know, the the wonderful scene where he says, I, I think I shall refuse the crown once.
0: Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, That's probably, might be his best line. Yeah, he's and like, he's yeah.
1: almost, he's almost master-esque in the fact that he's coming up with plots that don't make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. but just sort of have a master-like flourish to them. Like, you know, the reason the Doctor has to burst in, it, and I forgot to mention this in my recap, is that there is a wedding in the final scene, basically, uh, this is this is a the prototype for the movie Flash Gordon, which ends with Ming the Merciless, you know, marrying Dale Arden. A very similar thing happens here, where Romana is basically forced to marry Prince Rainart, so that that with the full knowledge of everyone, that Count Grendel is then going to kill Prince Rainart and marry her, <laughs> and like even he, he doesn't care who knows this. He's like yeah. the, the the classic serial villain who just reveals his plot to everyone including like the archbishop uh i forget his his alien name but right. the archbishop that he drags in uh to do the wedding yeah uh, he's speak- just
0: kind of like the law is the law i mean it doesn't really matter how they died like I and mean, then yeah. you know i get to be king if that's how it works. <laughs> but yeah like
1: got, got big princess bride vibes uh in that scene
0: the- oh, for sure. Or even uh, I guess it's sort of done also in um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, the one yes. with Kevin Costner. Um, but like on the whole idea that his his plots don't really make sense, um, you're dead on. In fact, a lot of like the whole thing writ large doesn't make a lot of sense because it seems like <laughs> a little weird. All of this is happening now. Uh, like no one has planned for this coronation until very, very recently. Yeah, And
1: who sets up a political system where you have to be on time for your coronation or someone else gets to be king? That seems like a political system with a lot of potential for shenanigans. (laughs) Uh, I mean, if on January the 6th, 2021, Joe Biden had had to show up in the Capitol or someone else gets to be president... Uh, I think that the events of January the 6th would have gone a lot worse.
0: Oh, whoa, I think, yeah, virtually every, <laughs> yeah, peaceful transfer of power does, just doesn't happen. Yeah. We don't like that because <laughs> it's not fun. And this is kind of ultimately, I think, what this society is based on. And it's, you look at it in Grendel in, in and really everybody, this is, it's almost like this society is based purely on theatricality. Like the quality of the theatrics <laughs> that you are bringing forward is how the society judges you like, okay, well, that was, if this was, if what you've done was kind of fun and interesting and exciting, we're going to revere you. And it doesn't matter if you're good or you're evil. Right. Like, and so like, I, that's kind of how I almost justify this in my mind on like how all this is happening. Like Grendel, like he just wants, like, like at at any point, like you kind of want um, Seth green as Scott evil to come in. Like, look, the guys in your dungeon, just kill him. Just kill the guy. Like well, he's right here. You, you just you poison and you just kidnap him. Just kill the dude. I got a gun. I got one of these electric swords. I'll slice off his of head. We can do it together. Like, like, why? Like, why isn't that happening? It's like no, because that's not fun. And we, we've got to do it in front of everyone. And then I have to be crowned. You know, like that's what he wants. He wants the, the moment. Uh, to you know, even even when he's doing the uh, sword fight at the end with the doctor. He wants that yeah. triumphant, like standing over him uh, thing. And just, just look at the way he swan dives off the ramparts, right? Like <laughs> that, I was going to say that because
1: that is the most dramatic, you know, theatrical, triumphal moment. It is almost mm. as if Grendel wins yeah. the androids of Tara. His evil plot has succeeded in that he gets to swan dive perfectly with
0: perfect poise. Off the end of the castle and escape. Absolutely, and that's like he. And we never know what happens to him, which is the great thing. Apparently, like he was supposed to die at the end of it in in sort of the original version, but they just love the character so much. They're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta have a back door for this dude. You um, can't sadly, kill never, the Grendel. Yeah, you
1: cannot kill the Grendel. I'm I'm going to hope for Grendel popping up in Jodie Whittaker's next season. So. Uh, You know, we we, uh, are supposed to have some old villains back. Maybe he'll finally have his returning moment. But speaking of theatricality, speaking of this being a planet of theatricality, the fact that there happens to be a princess who just looks like Romana, (laughs) what are the odds that 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 would just happen? And it's super confusing because the Android versions of both of them. Mm -hmm. So Mary Tam is technically playing four roles. Um, uh, right. she does it quite well in the, in the playing of the fundamental to the princess and her, but nobody even remarks on this. Mm-hmm. And what it makes me think of is that, that maybe Britain was just still so immersed in Shakespearean comedy in the seventies, you know, like Shakespearean comedy is, is huge, was huger back in the day is, is not aging well in recent years. It has to be said, mm-hmm. uh, but the, I don't know if you, we, we're watching these shows on Britbox, Pete, so you may have also checked out Upstart Crow on Britbox. If you mm, haven't, you haven't should. I haven't seen that one. Okay. It is uh, David Mitchell of Peep Show plays Shakespeare as as a young upstart author. Upstart Crow is actually a thing that uh, a, a jealous playwright named Robert Greene. Uh, wrote. And Green is sort of the villain in the show. But it's a wonderful sitcom. It's very Blackadder-esque, written by Ben Elton, who, who co-wrote Blackadder. Um, but it is one of the recurring jokes in that is that Shakespeare thinks it's hilarious when you have identical twins, you know, uh, running around a country or like, you know, just the, the, the plots of mistaken identity are just roll-in-the-aisles funny mm-hmm. to him. And To nobody else,
0: right? <laughs> well, it was definitely a thing that was more, I don't know, of, of the era of the 60s and the 70s. I mean, it, mm, it comes again Parent and Trap. again within, yeah, Parent Trap, um, even in Doctor Who, right? You had Salamander, you had, yes, there was a, I forget, it's a lost Hartle episode where, where he, he, there's someone he plays one of the bad guys too, and this whole idea of there's a double of you somewhere, um. Don't I
1: remember reading that Hartnell had this whole idea for a, a spin-off show called Son of Doctor Who? In which he would wow, play his wow, own son. I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember that from, from way back in the day. And it's like we're talking about the Doctor Who magazine interviews of my youth. They they wrote about this more than once. Yeah, Son of Doctor Who. I'll I'll see if I can uh Provide a link for the show notes, but that that was well, Hartnell's sort of off the wall idea.
0: I think the the idea um, kind of works in Doctor Who in a retcon kind of way, vis-a-vis what they did with um, Capaldi in the new series, right? Mm. And and this idea that the Time Lords and, and Time Ladies, if you will, like might have templates or other you know because it sort of happens again with princess astra with with, with i was gonna too. yes was
1: gonna say that romana is that sort of was, obsessed with that, yeah. looking like a princess it's more
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right if you can you can unpack that well i'm sure her, uh, her therapist on <laughs> gallifrey would would have a lot to say but um yeah this this i i think they've explored it kind of well with with the capaldi idea um and it doesn't really account for the other mm-hmm. things but the idea that that a Time Lord in particular has has you know there's there's the a greater chance of a double or there's some kind of template out there that has either served as the template or has inspired the the actual person. Um it's kind of a neat idea. And yeah. you know, wouldn't mind seeing seeing that explored a little more. Um yeah, like it's almost course, like Tom- the Cylons in the new Battlestar Galactica where it's like you know, they, they decided they're they were going to replicate the human race and they decided you know, there's only twelve of you. <laughs> like, we're only gonna have yep. twelve models because that's really all we need. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, we'll
1: you know, twelve archetypes and we're good. Um Yeah, and of course to- it is sort of Doctor Who Canon that, that the Doctor uh enjoys his Tom Baker incarnation so much that he re regenerates into Tom Baker.
0: Oh, at for the, ca- some for the-
1: later- like the caretaker. Curator. Yeah.
0: curator, that's his, sorry. Yes, yeah. uh, at some point at the end of his life. Is that, uh, I know that's not officially canon, but I know that's a big theory. And there's other theories of like, there's parallel versions of the Doctor or other versions of the Doctor. And there's one in the novels, I think that's sort of referred to as the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, there's, there's a number of ways you could explain it, but like that would be really cool. I mean, now that we have the Timeless Child, I guess those theories are yep. pre Timeless Child, so now you can certainly make the case you'll revisit certain incarnations and, and come well, back. Well, he does
1: say, in, in the future, you, you may revisit a few of your old favs, faces, but just the right. favorite ones, eh? Um, uh, which I love. <laughs> I love that line. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, double, doubles in Doctor Who. You're, you're right. It is definitely a thing, uh, it, you know, more or less in canon. Um, but yeah, these days it is remarked upon <laughs> mm-hmm. and not just sort of left hanging. Like, yeah, sure. This is going to happen.
0: Yeah. So like, I think with the double shenanigans <laughs> in this episode, mm-hmm. um, I think there were, there was probably just enough. I mean, like, I think I, I kept track of most of it. And even though none of the plots individually make a lot of sense, it's like, uh, particularly when Grendel gets his, final plot and i like i like how he and the good guys both sort of think on their feet when Mm -hmm. the other party foils their plans they're like okay well i still we can still do this with this and use one of the the androids to sort of achieve what i want with the real thing um so and when when grendel runs out of androids he just uses romana
1: yeah <laughs> just when when in doubt throw in a real human being who cares um yeah it's it's kind of a weird setup in a lot of ways and uh and it, it's it's kind of a class commentary uh, which again we've seen throughout doctor who in the 70s mm-hmm. because isn't there a point where the doctor takes care not to program george this version of the prince to be too intelligent right yeah it's, it's Definitely a a spoof on the upper classes here, which was very very common theme on the BBC in the late seventies, which was getting super class conscious, super pro working class around that time. A very interesting time in British culture.
0: Well, speaking of some of the sort of hangers on and maybe lower class, I thought the um, in, in a big departure from some of the episodes that we've done recently, they they were all pretty colorful. I think mm-hmm. the only exception might be um, Grendel's primary henchman. I, I don't even remember his name, but he's, he's not really that memorable. He's kind of there. And the only thing he really does is like almost kill Strella at the very end. Yeah. But he does very few lines. And it, it seems pretty clear to me they decided, we don't need this guy, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> like this is the star. You know, like, like, let's give all give the lines to Grendel. And this guy just kind of runs around. But there is a point where the good guys and I forget the guy's name. He's like the blonde um, helper yep. of Rainard. He's like what his his main uh, lieutenant after the the, the older guy. Um, when Grendel comes totally, in, totally
1: forgettable. Yeah, yeah. Upper is, glass, he, 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 he's
0: blonde He's. There. Or, uh, he, he's I, I wouldn't say he was totally forgettable. I think I think he is pretty memorable because I liked when he like Grendel came in, destroys the Rainard android, runs off, and he basically just goes, "Wow." got to admire the balls on that guy. Like, it's just, that guy's got nerve. Like, got to admit it, right? He just came in here under a flag of truce and just destroyed our android and kidnapped Romana again. Like, wow! I mean, like, like, okay, thanks for, you know, admiring the bad guy. Thanks for, like, like, again, it's like the theatricality. It's almost like it's built into the society. Like, gotta hand it to him, you know? Like, (laughs) golf clap.
1: I, I like this theatricality theory. The, the planet of theatricality is is really what the androids of Tara should have been called. I'm, I'm loving this theory. Um, and maybe it's something that New that Who could take advantage of. Yeah, Again, Chris Chibnall's successor, please call us.
0: I think you could do it again with like film crews everywhere. And you're just like, why mm-hmm. does everyone have a film crew on, them, on this planet? It's, it's like theatricality, but for social media. I mean, I guess they,
1: they do sort of do it with Robot of Sherwood. Like, that's almost right. the same idea. Um, yeah. But yeah, apparently this was all based on the plot of uh, The Prisoner of Zenda.
0: Yeah. Were you familiar? Uh,
1: which, no, I'm not familiar. <laughs> yeah, I'm just Okay, Are you? No, I yeah, actually, it's like, like, you know, here's what I novel... thought it kind of
0: was. Like, and it's not quite that, but like sort of Prince and the Pauper type stuff with the androids, mm. you know, getting crowned. When the the real one yeah. can't and and they, like I mean it's not the plot but it's like that those elements of it, um, you know I really
1: they... like that the Doctor gets to be literally literally the power behind the throne mm. in this I, I can't think of any other point in in Doctor Who history where the where the Doctor uh, Doctor gets to do that uh, and just literally be the power you know, like twisting the the knobs on the back of the android yeah.
0: Um,
1: when he, he fails during his coronation speech like, Just a wonderful Hilarious scene but also Kind of shady Like have, have they <laughs> Have they done something illegal Here by installing an android on the throne Doctor doesn't care
0: Well it's also is, like is this Are you that Does- sure at this point You're with the good guys Like he just completely just takes the mm. side of these Alright I'm sure Reinhardt's great He seems nice to me so Let's just make yeah. a king <laughs> I won't do any research or anything, but <laughs> I mean, it's like eh. they were—they were, they were yeah, they, even just though they're not least... really nice right away. Right? They're kind of like, "Oh, we're gonna kill him." It's like, I and mean, it's like, "No, no, no, let's not kill him. Like, he can go free." It's like, "Oh, thank you."
1: <laughs> well, the doctor is just sort of automatically recognizing the legitimate ruler, mm-hmm. or the legitimate about to be ruler and it like, just gets machiavellian from that point like whatever is necessary to install you on the throne even if it involves you know uh, being duplicitous and and fooling a room full of people and having an android actually be crowned
0: uh, yeah yeah which kind of like it sort of emphasizes the lower stakes even for the doctor in this one i think cuz he doesn't see or recognize a society that needs like its entire system upended which is usually the template for a story like this, where mm. it's like this, this whole monarchy needs to go. We need to start a revolution, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, oh no, it's like, I'll just, you know, get these people I like uh, running the show here and have some fun with a sword fight and grab my segment and go, man. Like this is, you know, hopefully. Yeah. Well, let uh, hopefully us not forget. The I way, mean, the, 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 Exactly. The
1: doctor is a time Lord. He is a space aristocrat. <laughs> you know we 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 kind of forget that a lot of times but it is it is something it's hard to forget in in uh, classico yeah that there he's, are just these a... moments where the doctor's a dandy he's just literally a, an entitled sort of you know independently wealthy you sort of think of him as a kid with a trust fund at a yeah. long phase just bumming around permanent vacation
0: yeah and i, I feel like um <laughs> your your you know dgf attitude for him there fits really well with that because <laughs> mm. you know given what had happened to his him earlier in this his regeneration like basically an earlier tom baker episode which was the face of evil and mm. he finds that his interventions in a previous point had sort of created this weird society with a computer that with his face and it was all screwed up because of that mm. so you, you would think you'd be more careful right but I think at some point he just shrugged like, I mean, you know, I I do my best and I do, you know, and even I deserve a break sometimes. Um, Yeah.
1: I'm going fishing.
0: Yeah. So not so much face of evil. Not, not like, well, it's like, I guess you learned your lesson. What lesson, you know, like, and
1: and speaking of fishing, isn't it wonderful that he just sort of opens the door onto a supply closet off the main uh, (laughs) console area of the TARDIS that we've never seen before. I love it.
0: He's just got it ready. It's, it was either that or, or pull it out of his coat, right? Like he's just always had it. Which is usually the solution. It's like a little too big, a little too big. But the, yeah, the alphabetized. Yeah. We didn't talk about it, but like the alphabetized uh, wardrobe was. I mean, it's a nice comedic moment, but it's so funny that it's it's what. Um, like she just has this is what everyone on Tara is wearing this year. Nobody's wearing that Romana, like because like she's walking around. Nobody has the same like purple outfit it's all just okay yeah
1: <laughs> and and also that, that scene is kind of weird speaking of closets that just open off the main console area that appears to be what she's looking in yeah right or am i am i misremembering a corridor in there and we're just sort of supposed to think that she's gone and found the room with the clothes marked no under i the think it's, it's
0: kind of like right there and it's it's funny mm-hmm. like the newer TARDISes, Capaldi's in particular, were more conducive to that, right? Because he had, like, shelves and stairs and all this stuff, and, you know, the console room was really like his apartment. Um, whereas less so in, in Classic it's usually like there was a table and a hat rack, and that's all you had. Um, <laughs> but the idea that maybe within this closet, there's outfits for every possible planet they could get to, and every time you could go to on that planet. Yep. Like I would like, I would love to see that realized in like new who where it's like maybe hangers on robots and sliding and like in and out and all. And it's like, not like, you know, you would, in star Trek, you would just replicate it. But I like the idea that doctors old school. And it's just, I just have them all. I just have millions upon millions of outfits for all these worlds. And they're all just there in the TARDIS.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that the TARDIS is more of a sort of Amazon fulfillment center, where <laughs> the doctor can press a button from the central console and some robot somewhere goes down a shaft, you know, along a corridor, picks up the entire room of costumes, you know, labeled T, sends right. it up to the main console room. There you have it. It's like um, super
0: modular. I love it.
1: But also, I, I mean, the Doctor opening a supply closet reminded me, because I, I recently, because of The Tenth Planet, rewatched uh, Twice Upon a Time, that whole thing about the Doctor having a bottle of brandy uh, throughout his entire adventures between William Hartnell and Capaldi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same bottle of brandy is, is seen on both ends in both TARDISes, right? Which means it's there for the whole time. <laughs> you know. During every other doctor's uh, adventure, yeah. so it is there, right next to the supply closet, where Tom Baker gets his uh, fishing rod. Like he could also open up that little closet with the thing of brandy. Wasn't uh, there a take moment? Take a swig
0: in the Husbands of River Song, where she she grabs it. I could be wrong mm. about that. Where she like pulls it out. He see say, she says something like "Don't tell Daddy." When, when, this is when yeah. like Capaldi is like. Still pretending he's not the doctor. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have to go rewatch that one or we will yeah, at some point. That's... So maybe I'll, I'll hold off. But yeah, the brandy. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's still, they, they got to start um going back to old, other episodes and whatever it is, whether it's fluid links. I mean, they do this all the time, but like little bits, little bits of the TARDIS that we might've <laughs> forgotten about. Uh, like there's all that stuff of the invasion of time. I mean, they mentioned yep. the swimming pool sometimes and it's a good joke, but
1: uh, I I love I love TARDIS continuity and I love the exploring the TARDIS more and I, I really think that the show hasn't done it enough mm-hmm. hasn't necessarily always been successful when the show does do it but let's keep going you know mm-hmm. let's let's investigate the TARDIS a little bit more guys uh, anyway Taro so, was satisfying for for doing that
0: yeah satisfying in so many ways um, fun app so but should we explore now what what would have happened if the evil plot had succeeded. So, the evil plot here... (laughs) There's a few.
1: It's probably just like the final wedding, right? That's
0: ultimately... Let's start there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, whatever... Any of the evil plots end up with Count Grendel on the throne.
0: Right. Right. So, it could have happened earlier where they don't get into the... um, the, the, Wherever it is, the, the coronation place, the palace...
1: Yes. In time. And the the Archmage, what's, what the hell is he called?
0: Archmadrite something? I do He's got a really. funny hat guy. Just He's a funny that. hat
1: guy. By the way, he, uh, did you notice he has a costume that is like the color of Baker's scarf, or all the colors yes. of Baker's scarf are on his costume, and it's so 70s, and it's just one of, it makes you think that we're in this 70s cult where they are literally worshipping the scarf.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, um, the, you're right it's Ar-
1: Archimandrite Archimandrite oh my god yeah. I can't believe I remembered that by, by Cyril Shapps who was in other uh, other stories Doctor Who I believe this is his last one oh wow but he's he's a veteran of the show which maybe sort of puts this whole you know seeing doubles on different planets thing into perspective because right. let's face it in Classic Who the the same faces turn up quite a lot quite a lot uh, so the doctor must be used to it by now. That's
0: why they oh, don't mention yeah. it. Oh yeah! So he was apparently in the Tomb of the Cybermen, The Ambassadors <laughs> of Death, and Planet of the Spiders. Oh, you know what? I, I recognize it from Planet of the Spiders because uh, he has such a memorable role in that one. And he's yeah. it's uh he's his character's off pretty quickly, uh, but I do remember him. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a real, real uh, Doctor Who vet.
1: Yeah. So this is Artist Dr. Swan Song getting to uh, crown and marry and, and just sort of, he's, he's an actor emeritus at this stage. He's like, oh, you know, it and, and doesn't even, the character goes with that, right? As an archbishop, he's just like, yeah, whatever. Sure. I'll, I'll sanction this, this legal murder of <laughs> Gretel after you marry him. That's legit. I, I see that you're forcing them into
0: marriage. So what happens uh, then? So, what? so it's going to succeed. So the marriage is happening. Reynard and Romana are forced to marry. Yeah. For some reason, the doctor doesn't get in. Maybe like canine falls in the, uh, in the moat. <laughs> and so he can't get K-9. in and he can't get there in time. Um, so they get married and, uh, maybe one of those crossbow guys actually, actually gets him. <laughs> Seems unrealistic, but, um, so basically that happens and the doctor only gets there by the time uh, Reinhard's killed. Sorry, Grendel's killed Reinhardt and has yeah. married Romana.
1: And, and then he was going to kill Romana, or no? Who's was he going to keep? He was,
0: Romana he, slash the princess alive. I mean, it's it seems like he. I think it was pretty clear he was going to kill her, but like it would be. It'd be a, it seems like a little much even for him to like do it immediately <laughs> like are you think it was arranged for an accident remember well, it's the after point out,
1: right he was ready to to slice her her neck off so true but yeah so, sooner or later Romana is toast mm-hmm.
0: um what happens to the doctor s- like i guess the doctor is just somehow imprisoned or
1: like, yeah, well, it's you know we we always talk, in the one of these all plots succeeded it invariably ends up with the, the Doctor regenerating. <laughs> because usually, like the only thing that will make it succeed is is killing the Doctor. So you kill but the let's, Doctor, let's talk,
0: and he becomes David. Well, let's
1: also talk about the fact that if the he tries to kill Romana, Romana will regenerate.
0: Oh, what? but why, I she can't why,
1: regenerate why. into her Lala uh, Ward, right? incarnation because she hasn't met princess astra so she becomes something else possibly the sort of valkyrie like figure who we see when romano actually does regenerate remember she does all these sort of weird in the middle regenerations
0: she goes through a few few templates
1: um (laughs) and one of them is this super tall valkyrie so i like to think it's her Uh, and that seems like a Regeneration of Romano that would kick Grendel's ass 100%. and just bust her way out of prison, uh, take the TARDIS and probably go. Screw you, Doctor. How much fishing
0: you want? And he's just left there as Peter Davison. Yes, who <laughs> to recover would be on a better.
1: Right. Who would be a better sword fighter, as we know? So right,
0: right. <laughs> what did I do? That? Yeah, he was all right. He <laughs> was all right. I, you know, I don't know I, I don't I, want... I, if if you had to choose which. Sword fight to rewatch this one or the King's Demons? What what would you pick?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while since we watched the King's Demons, so I don't know about that one. It is super weird that the music cut out for this one.
0: Yeah, and they end like, up it's... sort of moving around the castle a lot, and you don't really yeah. get a lot of that. I, I kept thinking, like, not kept thinking, but at one point I thought the the sword fight in. Um, the James Bond movie "Die Another Day" is uh, a really good. I, it's actually in my opinion the best thing about that movie. Um, and one of the cool things about that fight is they they move from place to place as they're like trying to kill each other with these big broadswords. They're going mm. like in, into this club, and then they're they're outside, and then they're running around cloisters. It's it's really really crazy over the top. Whereas this one sort of tries to do some of that. But it's just like the transitions aren't quite as good, and, and also the lighting's really bad in a few few of these places. And I think that might be split it. Really from, is, yeah. You just don't really see a lot. It's yeah, like really it's definitely.
1: De- it gets a bit Battle of Winterfell in there hmm. for a few scenes. Uh, like I think, <laughs> but, but yeah, the yeah. the lack of the music. I I, I wonder if yeah. like the musicians just went on strike that week. Yeah, they're like you know. We'll leave this for some exciting sword fighting music and they just never
0: got back to it. Yeah, I think they just rushed it. I think that you're right because it's like they're, it's conspicuously absent, even for mm. like a uh, 1978 episode. They're like, <laughs>
1: you know. I know. I mean, we, we got that in the sensorites. Remember, we were talking about that at the ep- end of episode one of the sensorites. Yeah. Uh, the music just sort of cuts out for no reason. Uh, definitely got
0: sensorite vibes here.
1: So, yeah, still, I think uh, a, a Dalek rather than
0: Ogron. Oh, hundred percent. A... Yeah. Delightful app. I mean it was it's super fun. Um and when you can you you really want to go out of your way in your head to explain away the stuff that doesn't make sense or uh, because you just you're just having such a good time watching it. Um yeah. so and that's that's exactly, you know, what I think defines good Doctor Who. You just it not yeah, only does it willingly... entertain you, you you get your headcanon going.
1: And you willingly suspend your disbelief, exactly, uh, as you will do on Tara, the planet of theatricality. <laughs> so, so shall we find out where we're going next?
0: Yes, let's. Speaking of the randomizer, let's randomize. Uh-huh. Let's uh, find out where we're going, where it's taking us. If I could open so, this file.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we are just to explain to non regular listeners. Uh, we have a spreadsheet of 297 discrete Doctor Who stories that we've identified uh, vary slightly from the official list, mm-hmm. but uh, our show, these are the ones that we want to watch, so there we go. There we have it. <laughs> and while Pete is looking at that, I am looking at random.org, which is a uh, random number generated based on atmospheric noise rather than algorithms, which is how computers usually simulate uh, randomness. They don't do it very well. So once I hit generate, uh, atoms will bounce around the atmosphere and we will get the number of the next show that we're going to. It's an incredible uh, device,
0: yes. our randomizer. Right. I'm loving it more and more every time. <laughs> Bring it on. Right? I sometimes challenge the randomizer, but you know what?
1: Do, do you want uh, to issue a challenge tonight?
0: Uh, no, I, I'm just going to give it uh, some feedback. I have faith in your randomizer. They're going to take us where we need to go, even if it's not necessarily where we want to go.
1: We'll just go to the uh, Husbands of River Song next, just to find out about uh, Randy.
0: Just to screw with me. <laughs> yeah. All righty, shall we? All right. Three. Yeah, give me a countdown. Two. One. 271. Oh, wow. We're getting late. Oxygen! Ooh. We're back at Capaldi. Okay. Back at Capaldi. The yeah. loves Capaldi. The just... loves Capaldi. So Once far... again,
1: skipped over Smith, mm-hmm. skipped over the massive amount of, of tenant that we haven't covered.
0: Skipped over Colin yeah. Baker, skipped over <laughs> Sylvester McCoy. Yep. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, loves, loves Capaldi. We've, this is going to be our fourth, and really even more than that, because... Uh, a good chunk of the Capaldi episodes we've done have actually been two-parters. Yep. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll bring it on. Uh, you first
1: know? Capaldi one-parter, I think. Uh, no, we did that, sleep no I'm more. Watching. We did sleep no more. You're yep. right about that. And and this one, Oxygen, as I remember, is also a bit of a sort of a class-based uh, story. Oh, yes. A, a metaphor for class tensions. So, clearly, the randomizer's getting political with it.
0: Yeah, and this one's uh, a lot a lot <laughs> it's not subtle, as I recall, <laughs> about about that. So uh but yeah, no, I, I remember I remember this one. I think you do too. That's some some good yep. stuff about this. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see it uh a few years later. See if the context and it is, has shifted at all.
1: It is just too away from uh where we've already been with um Pyramid of the End of the World and Live Land, right? Right, uh, and this is the one in which spoiler alert: the Doctor does go blind, uh, which we know he is in in Pyramid at the End of the World. So we'll we'll get to see how that happened, mm. which I've totally forgotten. So lots to see right.
0: or not Maybe see. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> ah. Oh, that joke is a big indicator. I think that it's time to thank you, <laughs> listeners, for listening to our podcast. Here, this is a podcast. It's called Pull to We're Open. We're a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're on the podcast services, Chris. We're on the iTunes. I I keep saying iTunes. It's not iTunes anymore. It's the podcast app on Apple. (laughs) Uh, We're on Spotify. We're on Google. We're on Breaker. We're on all, wherever you find podcasts, you're going to find Pulta open. Uh, And we'd love it if you would subscribe to us if you haven't already. So please do that. Hit that button and leave a review if you can. We love those five star reviews, but you know what? We'd love to hear what you have to say no matter what you have to say. So please leave a review. Uh, We'll read it out on air if we can. And follow us on the socials. Uh, We are on the socials. We are super active on TikTok. We're sharing chunks of the show. We are always there in the comments. Uh, Love to hear what you think of the channel a podcast whatever you want to comment on we're, we're down to nerd out with you about Doctor Who same goes for Twitter and Instagram where we are at pull to open 63 and we're sharing stuff there too so uh, please please check them out all right well Chris I think this is it yep thanks for listening everyone we will
1: catch you next time
0: see ya